Hi, this is Lisa B. from Florida. Yep, freaky-deaky Florida. And you are listening to Sinister Sightings with the Paranormal Chicks and Carrie and Donna. So sit down and get ready to get spooked. I'm Donna. And I'm Carrie. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Sinister Sightings 179. And you just heard that intro by Lisa B. Freaky Deaky Florida. I mean, do they call me Freaky Deaky down there? No. No <laughs> one does. Besides you. You're not wrong. Well, if you want to introduce an episode and not call Donna Freaky Deaky, because <laughs> that's weird, head on over to patreon.com slash the APC podcast. Okay. Jumping in, the first one, response to a sinister story. Hello, ladies. I love your podcast and trying to catch up with all the episodes. I have a few ghost stories and may email them at a later date. The sinister story episode tonight made me think about something that happened to me a few years ago. It was a story about the husband that fed his snake in the bathtub and the snake ended up on the floor. Let me start by saying I live in military housing and the property company doesn't take care of the property as it should. To give you the layout of our housing, it's a two-story apartment complex that has six units. We're on the bottom unit and have a screened-in porch. I want to say it was early summer and we kept the back door open to the screened-in porch. The screened-in porch does have a screen door to go to the back part of the building. My husband was off and took our daughter to an appointment. I decided to stay home and relax. Our dog at the same time started barking and whining and I had yelled at it to be quiet. The dog was still whining and barking. I got up and opened the front door, showing the dog that no one was at the front door. I turned around to return to the living room when I saw a huge snake in the house. I grabbed my dog's leash and got the fuck out of the house. I tried calling our maintenance number and my phone wouldn't dial the number. I walked over to the neighbor's house and they didn't answer the door. I finally got a hold of maintenance and asked them to come out and remove the snake. I stayed outside until maintenance came. Two guys came and I later learned they had chased it into my bathroom into the wall. Where the pipe goes into the wall, the plate was loose and had a hole big enough for the snake to go into. They had closed the door and asked for a towel to place in front of the door to prevent the snake from getting out. I stayed outside until my husband got home and had him go in and check the bathroom. Maintenance came out and sealed the hole, causing the snake to be stuck in my walls. My husband told the property managers if we smelled any funny, they would have to rip our bathroom walls apart to find the dead snake body. Luckily, we didn't need the maintenance to remove any dead bodies. For many months, I would look around the bathroom for a snake and also check the toilet before using it. Hope you enjoyed this story, Emily. P.S. We don't know what happened to the snake. I'm hoping it found a hole to go back outside. Also, the snake came through the torn screen into the house. After this, we rearranged the living room, and I had my husband place our sectional against the back door. That's really shitty to just, like, close him up in there. Yes. I mean, that's, like, a living being. I know. That's terrible. Like, put him outside. I don't want him in my house, but don't seal him up in the walls. That's fucking terrible. Yeah. Scary as shit, too. Yeah, well... Also, like, if you're scared of snakes, knowing that it's sealed up in your wall, it might have gotten out, 
into your house, I would have been looking at the toilet too. And I know we've got listeners who love a snake and want no harm on it. And I know that people are scared of snakes and we maybe shouldn't be scared of snakes because they're not all poisonous and you're probably they're probably more scared of us than we are of them. But whew, I'd have been definitely checking that toilet. Oh, 100%. Somebody just posted in the Facebook group about this too, about like checking the toilet for a snake. Yeah. Mainly for the one-eyed snake. Oh, Lord. That's <laughs> the only that one I'm not scared of. Okay, the second one. The man who was baptizing himself. Hey, hey, hey. I love your podcast and listening to you girls laugh. I find myself sitting at work just laughing at my desk. I just started listening and I'm trying to catch up, but I decided to send in a story. Okay, so about three months ago, my mom and I were getting ready for work in the morning. I'm 19 and I still live with her and we work together. Anyways, we heard a knock at the door, which is odd for it being 6.30 in the morning, But my mom asked me to check who it was, and I looked out our dining room window, which looks right onto our porch where the front door is. Well, when I looked, I saw a man who looked sketchy. He was looking up and down the road both ways and had a bag on his shoulder and looked paranoid, almost jittery. So I told my mom, I am not answering the door. And she was confused and told me to just answer the door, but I refused. So she went and looked out the window to see what I was talking about, and then she agreed not to answer it. We continued on with our day, but my mom just had a weird feeling about the situation, so she called a guy who she knows is a police officer, and when she told him the situation, he started to describe the guy perfectly and said that they had been looking for him. Well, turns out the man is homeless, so the police officer later came to my house and looked in our shed and garage for us to make sure he wasn't hiding in there. He discovered the man was staying in a storage unit, which is right behind our house. We have a fence around our backyard, and on the other side is the storage unit. And they broke into one, and the sketchy guy and his girlfriend were staying there. We later found out from a neighbor that the sketchy guy went to their house next, and turns out the guy was looking for his girlfriend because she had walked off. Well, anyways, the police told him that he couldn't stay in the storage unit, and he had to leave, but we watched as the week went on, and he was still there for days. And then one day he wasn't, and we stopped seeing him and stopped seeing the storage unit door open. About a week later, we heard the cops found him in the park in my small town, like very small town, butt naked, running around in puddles, and told the police he was baptizing himself. I know this story isn't paranormal or really true crime, but it was too funny and kind of creepy to not share. I hope it wasn't too long and explained it all good. And I understand if you don't end up using it on the podcast. Well, good call not opening the door because that's weird for someone to be coming over that early in the morning for anything, even if I fucking know you. (laughs) But also my heart breaks for him. Yeah. I wonder why the girlfriend left. Like why he was looking for her. Like, I wonder, like, I want to know their story. Like, do they have issues with mental health with, you know, like what's going Mm -hmm. on? Like, I mean, clearly something's going on with mental health if he's splashing in puddles you know i mean he's delusional yeah or i don't know y'all know what word i'm trying to say but god i don't know that just breaks my heart it does it does break my heart but i can see where people find humor in it like you know what i mean like if you just heard oh my god i just saw a guy or if i saw it i guess and not knowing like the backstory and all that and it was just like this guy i'm picturing the guy who's not actually a real person so maybe this is why it's making it like funny in my head but the the guy from Tangled who was, like, drunk. He was just, like, one of my favorite people. 
And he's like Cupid. He's dressed up as Cupid yes, in yes, the yes, thing. Yes, he's yes. like, hi, hey, pretty lady or whatever. It just cracks. Like, I love his character. Anyway, um, he had like two lines, but whatever. I loved it. It's like the most person that you remember from it. It's like, it's like, but not like this completely side. <laughs> he probably didn't even have a like guy dressed up as Cupid. Cool. <laughs> but anyway, um, but I just picture him like high stepping it into puddles and being like, I'm baptizing myself. So if I just saw that, I'd been like, what the fuck? But again, us knowing like he was homeless, living in storage sheds and all of that, I can understand. But I know I would have laughed seeing this, being like, what? Or if I just saw it like on Facebook or something, you know what I mean? So I just don't want the writer to feel like, oh God, I shouldn't have sent that in. Oh, no, 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 Because no, no, no. I totally would be there, but we're just getting all the facts from you. And so it's like, God, I feel bad. Okay, the next one. Hello, hello. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, hello, hello. Okay, well, um, if that wasn't meant to be read, just like Cece from The Nanny, <laughs> I don't want to read the rest of the story. <laughs> this is Wendy from Fresno, California. I've got a paranormal story for you. Years and years ago, my ex and I bought a new house in Modesto. I always have pronounced it Modesta. Have you? That's like the first time I've ever seen it in writing. (laughs) I have always said Modesta. Wow. Well, I was today years old. Anywho's it. Modesto can be called a bedroom town because many people that live there commute to the Bay Area, Silicon Valley. When other families' houses were done and they moved in, when other families' houses were done, they would move in and we would go introduce ourselves. One family that moved in across the street had three kids and commuted like us. The father had a teardrop tattoo under his eye, which freaked out our other neighbor. The parents yelled a lot. You could hear them yelling at and for the kids a lot. He would open the garage door while standing in the kitchen and yell for the kids. Years later, he got sick and was staying home. He ended up passing away in the house. Afterwards, his wife lost control over the kids. The son began robbing the homes on our street. The mom moved back to the bay, but the kids stayed in Modesto because they were old enough and had lives of their own. One night, the house caught on fire, so the interior had to be redone. My boyfriend, now ex, became friends with the new owners of the house. One day, he came in with the neighbors telling him to tell me about something that had happened. The new neighbor said that strange things were happening at the house, like things being thrown around the house, which they tried to explain away. But they couldn't explain away a kid's toy that got thrown down the upstairs hallway in the middle of the night. And the garage door, which was a fire safety door, so it always closed itself, would open and stay open like someone was standing in the doorway, just like our old neighbor would do. I told him it was Chris, the guy that passed away in the house, and he was probably looking for his family. I told him to talk to him and explain they no longer live there and that it was his house now, so hopefully he would leave it and look elsewhere for them. He ran out of our house saying I freaked him out. It probably was him being like, like you said, how he would stand outside of the garage and yell at the kids. Yeah. And of course he was a noisy ghost because he was noisy in his real life. Well, did he try it? And if he didn't try it, then he's going to have to deal with that ghost. But did Uh he try it? Okay, the next one. Hi, ladies. I've wanted to write in for a while as I'm literally obsessed with you two, but let's be real. I have a fear of attention, so things like this and the possibility for it to be on a show make me nervous. Totally get that. 
I'm 22 and from Arizona, and boy, do I have stories for you guys. However, I'm going to share my favorite one. In 2017, one of my sister's friends passed away. She was very well-known and loved and absolutely adored by my mom and I. Even though they sometimes annoyed the crap out of me, how I wish that was still the case. When she passed away, it sent a huge shock to almost everyone we knew. She had eyes that were brown, almost like a hazel color. You could see the rainbow through them when the sun shone in certain angles. Her smile made you stop in your tracks, but her laugh is something none of us could forget. A few weeks after she had passed, my sister and I were home with her mom. I went to shower, like everyone I hope, and placed my glasses on the center of my desk. I went to shower and I heard the door open and a giggle that sounded like hers, but I absolutely thought it couldn't be, and then the door closed again. I went to my room to change and noticed my glasses were gone. I checked the floor, behind the desk, in between the desk and the nightstand, even across the room. I had put them in the middle of my desk, so there's no way they could have fallen, and if they did, I would have seen them. So I did what every sister would do and immediately went to go confront my sister. She was adamant about how it wasn't her that went to the bathroom and she most definitely didn't touch my glasses. My mom agreed and insisted it wasn't a prank. Eventually, I gave up but did have the slightest notion that it might be Kara, the friend, messing with me. A few months later, I sat on my floor to do homework. I pulled out my little lap desk thing and heard a slight thud. I slowly turned, just like the movies, and sure enough, between my dresser and nightstand, across the room from where I had left them on the center of my desk, were my fucking glasses. So not only had they gone missing, but they were placed across the room in a little crevice nobody would have thought to look in. At this point, I just knew it was her, and that it was her laugh in the bathroom, but it doesn't end there. Fast forward a few more years to 2021. She visited me in my sleep. She told me that she did in fact move my glasses as a prank to get back at me for getting annoyed with her and my sister the last time I saw her alive, but reassured me that she never harbored any bad feelings and wasn't haunting us in a negative way and that she did love and forgive me. She then proceeded to tell me to tell my sister that she had met her grandma and is very fond of her and absolutely adores her and her witty humor. The next day, I told my sister. I had thought, maybe this is just my subconscious and it wasn't real. Until I finished talking and turned to a very wide-eyed, mouth-open sister who proceeded to tell me a week before my dream, she was asking Kara in her head if she had met her grandma and to give her a sign. We both sat there completely shocked and to this day cannot believe it. I have many more stories of past loved ones visiting me in my sleep, but that's for another time. If the story doesn't make it, even a few months from now, it's totally okay, but I felt compelled to share with two women I look up to and who have made me feel like I can embrace this side of my life. So sorry for the long message, but I know how much y'all love the details. Stay safe. Oh my goodness. I... I love that the prank and then like later on she visited you and was like, yep, pranked. And that's also like how your sister could tell that you weren't lying about it because it's like, yeah, she told me that she, you know, pranked me and they could just be like, yeah, you just found your glasses. But then she had given you that message 
about the grandma and you had no idea that your sister had asked for a sign. So it's like you got confirmation and your sister got confirmation. So this happened to me today. It was I probably like this patient I was talking to probably thought I was a lunatic. But I was talking to this lady and I this was at probably four o'clock this afternoon. And I swear somebody came up behind me on my left side and said, morning. And I like turned around and looked. And of course, nobody's there. And it's four o'clock in the afternoon. Why somebody say morning? And I go, somebody's just behind me and said morning. Like she was probably like, I need a new therapist. This lady's a lunatic. Oh my God. So is it really something or are you just like hearing stuff? You know, kind of like this, like. Is it like just subconscious stuff? Well, I think this is a little different than what you heard. But you know what I'm saying, though. Like yeah. subconscious things. Yeah. Well, you hear things a lot. I don't you'll, know. you'll be like, I just heard someone say my name. Yeah, I do hear that a lot. But also, my name sounds like a lot of other names, like Karen, Eric. Like, I know that all sounds totally different, but when you're just like, Carrie, Eric, like, I don't know, just like, from a distance, <laughs> it sounds the same, I swear. <laughs> But also, who would be saying morning to you in the afternoon? A confused somebody. (laughs) I don't know. Okay, the next one. My first encounter ever. Hello, my fellow beautiful large pizzas. The story you're about to read is what I believe to be my first encounter ever. I had to be around five, six, or maybe even seven years old at the moment of this strange encounter. My family had went down to Jalesco, Mexico. In December, Christmas is such a big deal that the whole town throws posadas or Christmas parties for about nine days. These parties end at the wee hours of the morning and involve lots of eating, drinking, and dancing. This is very appealing to my 20-something-year-old parents. We barely ever spent Christmas back home in the States, and we were in a different country where Santa did not stop by. Therefore, my parents used this as an excuse not to buy my sister and I presents. How rude. They said that I didn't. Santa Claus is real. So, This particular year, my sister and I were fed up as we never got presents from Santa. We huffed and we puffed about never getting anything and told our parents how much we hated going to Mexico during this time of year. I guess we made them feel bad enough they actually decided to go out and buy us a few things. The day of Christmas Eve, they announced that we had to go to sleep early as Santa was going to make a special appearance in Mexico just for us. As we gathered at my grandmother's house, some cousins our age included... They shut the lights off and played a movie, hoping we would fall asleep, but my cousins kept being a nuisance. My mom finally stated that if we didn't fall asleep within so many minutes, we would not get anything. I wanted to see my presence so bad that when she offered to take us to her house across the street, I took the offer. My sister stayed behind, though. My mom happily took me across the street to our 400-square-foot home. It's crucial to the story that you know the layout of this small home of ours. Once you enter the front door, immediately there are two doors, one on the left and one on the right. From the front door, if you head straight, there's a short hallway about 10 feet or so, and it opens up to a small living room area, and there's a bathroom to the right. There's also a door in the left corner that leads down to the basement slash garage area. This door is made out of some type of aluminum material that is a little flimsy but sturdy enough. Guess it was cheap. The two doors that I first mentioned are our rooms. Parents' room is the one on the left, and my sister and mine is on the right. For whatever strange-ass reason, my mom decided that putting a large, triple-sliding window in our rooms made the tiny house more aesthetic. Potentially, if we did not put up drapes to the windows to cover our bedrooms, our parents, my sisters, and I could stare at each other just lying in bed. 
on to the actual spookiness now. My mom took me to her bedroom as she had a TV that had cable and let me lay in her big comfy bed and watch cartoons till I dozed off. She had been laying next to me. Suddenly, she stepped outside as her Nokia rang. I was trying to stay asleep, but felt uneasy and woke up to watch whatever cartoon was on and wait for her to return. I became antsy as she was taking forever and decided to sit up in bed and yell, Mom! I waited for a response and nothing. She had left the hall light on because she knew how scared of the dark I was. As I got ready to get out of bed and go investigate why my mother wasn't coming back, something caught my eye. I turned my head and looked through the first of three sliding windows, the one closest to the room door. I could see a silhouette through the now sheerly looking drapes as the room was dark, but the hallway was lit up. It began walking towards the living room, getting shorter as it passed the second window, then even shorter at the third window until it disappeared at the end of the hallway. What the hell? I thought in my young mind. I began analyzing the situation and thought maybe someone had gotten inside through the basement door. No, no way. The aluminum door made such a ruckus opening I would have heard it. The front door was in my view the whole time, so there's no way it came in through there without me noticing. I began yelling while in tears. Mama! Mama! I'm scared! She still had not heard me. I was frozen for about 10 minutes trying to decide what to do in obvious fear. As soon as I talked myself up to running through the front, I saw it again. It began at the furthest window this time. Tall silhouette, then shorter and shorter it got. I wiped my eyes and away it had went. This time I was even more terrified and I thought this thing was actually going to get me. Fuck it, I said. I had a colorful vocabulary as a child. I know. I made a run for it. I get to the front door that is literally less than 10 feet away from my mom's bed where I was. And it got stuck. I jiggled the door handle frantically, trying to hit it with my shoulder. Nothing was working. The damn hall light then flickered, and I almost died right there. I began feeling something approaching, but I couldn't see anything the few times I looked back. I started screaming and crying for my mom as I pounded on the door. She finally heard me and opened the door. I fell into her arms and told her everything. We went right back to my grandma's house and I stayed the night there with all the other kids. I believe this was my first paranormal experience. While I was writing this, I had so many chills and shivers. What do you think it was? More creepy experiences have happened in this shoebox of a home, including my sister seeing the devil? Question mark. I'll send another email about that one. Creep it real and don't get scared. Kathy from Kentucky. Well, Kathy, obviously it was someone going down imaginary stairs. Ha ha, said Carrie. (laughs) (laughs) That wasn't that funny. No, but there's no explanation. So, uh, yeah, it is unexplained phenomena. Menomena, Carrie says. Menomena. Also, you are brave for going back over there by yourself. I mean, I know your mom was there, but... I have FOMO, especially back then. If everyone will, like I would have been like, no, I want to go back to my house. And then if no, like my sister didn't say it, I've been like, never mind. I want to stay here. Like, oh no, I don't want to be by myself. I don't know that I would have had the courage to just like even get up and run. Me either. All right. The next one. Hello. I just want to start with this. I absolutely fucking adore you too. Donna, I love how bubbly and fairy-like you are. Your rambling reminds me of myself, and your laugh is so contagious. Carrie, your quick wit and sarcasm gives you bad bitch vibes. And damn, girl, you're funny as hell. Oh, nobody ever thinks I'm funny. (laughs) (laughs) 
Says the person who never even laughed at my fucking joke. <laughs> yeah, because yours are lame. <laughs> oh, my God. Says the person who said lame the other day. You know what? Okay. Also, can I just say so much about work today? The place where we get all of our cheap earrings and stuff. What's it called? Shein. Uh-huh. We Googled it, right? It is Shein. Yeah. Okay. Had a patient today that teenager, like, ninth or 10th grade teenager, like young teenager. And I said, she was talking about homecoming dresses or something. I was like, have you looked down Shein? And she goes, oh my God, it's Sheen. I said, no, it's not. I Googled it. It's Shein. And she's like, no. And I was like, I promise it's Shein. Like I looked it up. She's like, Google lied to you. I was like, no, I swear. She said, don't say that. You sound old. (laughs) (laughs) It was on my receipt. Remember, that's where I was like, Wait, I think it is Shein because it was like capital S and lowercase H-E, uppercase I-N. That is seriously like the blue, gold, white, whatever dress. <laughs> that, yeah, the debate that never is, I don't know. That's hilarious. So don't say that. It makes you sound old. Well, it is Shein. And you know what it says? It says it means to show kindness. Shein. So, I'm right. But she's also the person who showed me things so I can show Donna on Snapchat. And she told me about this thing called Be Real. Have you have you seen that app? Uh-uh. Okay. So, it's this app. And, like, right after she told me about it, I saw a TikTok on it where this girl's grandpa was using it. And she was like, oh, my God, he's so hip. Um, She probably didn't say hip. She probably said fire or some shit. <laughs> but anyway. So, it's this app where it gives you um a prompt, like, at random times during the day. It gives you a notification, like... It's time to be real. I don't know what it says. And you have like two minutes to take a picture. And you have to take a picture, a front and a back facing camera picture. You can't use any filters or anything. So you have to be real about what you really look like in that moment, front and back. Now, could it be problematic if you um, are showing people where you are? Yes. However, but like it's it's to make people be like, no, this is really what you look like without a filter yeah. or seven on and blah, blah, blah. No, because I would hate, you know what? It would Netflix me and say, oh, you're still sitting on the couch five hours later. Right. But you only get one a day. And then if you're late, like if you don't do it within that allotted time, it like tells people that you were late. Mm. But it only lasts a day and then it goes away. And then you got to do it again the next day. Yeah. However, um, it, it'll sometimes do it at like 2 a.m. I was like, oh, I'll never make that one. Mm-mm. At 10 o'clock, I'll never make that one. It'll just be pitch black if I see it. <laughs> also, let's just be real. We are always late. <laughs> That's the goddamn truth. But, and we always looking like shit. Uh-huh, 100. Also, don't tell me what to do and when to do it because I'm not going to do it. I will be like, no. You're not the boss of me. I'm not going to do it right now. I will wait two minutes and be late just because you told me to. Yeah. That's that's too much of a hassle. I don't usually keep the the daily rewards going. So Yeah, that's so true. But I think it is good, though. I think it's really good and really bad because it's really good for teens, I think, to be able to be like, no, this is what your friends actually look like on the reg without social media stuff. But on the other hand, it's really bad because... Like, you don't just need to be flipping your camera around and showing where you're at at all times, you know? Anyway, continue. (laughs) I also love listening to you and Colby's little fairy tale love story. I've been listening to your podcast for the past two years now, and the Sinister Sightings episodes have been my favorite. 
For this story, it's not necessarily true crime, just a story of a situation that could have very well ended up to be true crime. Let's jump in. I'll be changing the names in this story just because if anybody I know found out I did this, I'd be hearing an absolute earful. And I don't need that kind of shit. I'm already aware of my mistake. So anyways, this takes place about a year ago, winter of 2020-21. I was texting my friend Christina making plans to hang out. I didn't see her much and she always had weed, so I was down to catch up and smoke a J while we watch Law and Order. During our text conversation, she tells me, oh, my friend Jake will be there. He's going to make steak for us. Naturally, I assumed we were going to be chilling in Christina's apartment and that Jake was one of her college friends. So later that night, I arrived to Christina's. She lets me in and then says, all right, are you ready to go? We're going to Jake's. I was a little confused, but immediately shrugged it off. Again, I assumed Jake was one of her college friends and I wasn't necessarily opposed to going over to his house. So we get into Christina's car and get going. She tells me he lives about 30 minutes away, which was a tad far for me given I was still 19 and living at home and like to avoid doing things that would make my parents worry. 15 minutes into the car ride, Christina looks at me and says, oh yeah, I forgot to tell you, Jake is my 40 year old dealer. In that moment, I was like, bitch, what the fuck? But I didn't voice that to her. I was in a car heading 45 minutes away from my home to the middle of nowhere with my friend to go to the house of a 40-year-old drug dealer. I was uncomfortable with the situation and even considered asking her to turn around, but because of my people-pleasing tendencies and anxiety, I didn't say anything. All I could think in my head was, you stupid fuck, you were putting yourself in a situation that you swore you'd avoid. And he could murder you, as well as, if my mom finds out about this, I'm dead. Finally, we get to Jake's house. He comes out and greets us and then invites us in. I'm weary, taking in my surroundings, thinking of an escape plan if I need to haul ass out of there. Jake did seem nice enough. He didn't necessarily have a bad or creepy vibe, but due to past trauma, men make me tragically uncomfortable. Then I made the big mistake. I smoked a part of a blunt. But come on, I have a long history of not having any common sense or critical thinking skills. <laughs> I thought it was going to be like, I have a long history of smoking weed. I did too. Like, like I'll be fine. I'm yeah. doing it all the time. Nope, not that. <laughs> okay. At this point, I'd only been smoking for a few months and almost never smoked flour. My tolerance to bud was extremely low. So after two hits, I was absolutely fucking blasted. If I had been with my boyfriend instead of at a fucking 40-year-old man Jake's house, I'd be having a blast eating a pint of ice cream and watching Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I don't normally get anxious when I smoke, but this time it was amplified. I felt frozen in my seat. Christina and Jake were carrying on a conversation. He was showing her all the snacks he had in his kitchen while I was sitting there fixated on my exit. This was a potentially dangerous situation I'd put myself in. Even though Jake did seem like an okay guy, you never truly know somebody's intentions. The real panic started when I finally caved and asked to use the bathroom. 
He was going to let me use the one in the living room, but he told me that there was cat litter all over the floor from his cats and that he didn't want me to use that one. He suggested that I use the one in his bedroom. I immediately thought, oh, this is your plan to assault and to assault and murder me? I didn't want to, but a bitch had to piss. I got up, very cautiously made my way into his bathroom, closed, and locked the door. I did my business, and when I was finished, I went to unlock and open the door, and it was stuck. It wouldn't open. After about a minute of trying to open the door to get out, I began to panic. I did eventually manage to get the door open, but once I got to the kitchen, Christina immediately noticed that I was upset. She promptly told Jake goodbye, and we left. Now that I'm writing the story out, I feel like I probably sound like some paranoid whiny baby, but holy hell, in that moment, I was terrified. I made the one mistake that could have cost me my life had Jake not been a relatively decent guy. I guess the moral of the story is please be safe and aware of your surroundings at all times. And if you're in a situation that makes you uncomfortable or could potentially be dangerous, in order to get yourself out, you have to speak up. Sadly, we as women have to be much more careful when it comes to keeping us safe. It's not fair and it shouldn't have to be that way, but it's our reality. If you're young, don't hang out with older men. Always watch your drinks. If you're going to do drugs such as weed and psychedelics, always, always, always make sure it's with somebody you are 100% comfortable with, if not by yourself, and in a comfortable and controlled situation. I look back at that night and I don't believe anything would have happened, but you just truly never know. Sorry for the long ass story. It was probably rambly as hell, so I hope it makes sense. Anyways, love you ladies. Creep it real and stay safe. Um, what the fuck is flower? Marijuana. I don't think so. Oh. Because they said, and then a joint or something. Yeah, I think they always did like edibles, maybe. Oh. I don't know. Look, you you used a lot of words I didn't know. <laughs> like, I know, but I don't know. Like, I think mostly people who do get high say blasted. You know what I mean? We would have been like wasted or... Fucked but, up. Like, blasted, okay, I know from, but the... Uh, I mean, I know, like I said, but, like, I never say that. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know what flat... Let's, let's look at that. Or, like, they might have done, like, a bong. We really <laughs> sound so lame. <laughs> yeah. I've only been smoking for a few months, and at that point, almost never smoked flour. My tolerance to bud was extremely low. Yeah. So, like, what's flour? I think it's marijuana, like, in the flower. I I know. I don't either. And I tried to Google it, and I don't know shit. <laughs> I mean, I'm just thinking, like, but she said she normally does have a joint. So, fuck if I know. I was thinking that they did, like, edibles, but, or a bong. <sighs> we don't know anything. <laughs> we really don't someone explain drugs to us. <laughs> Clearly, everybody's like, y'all know nothing. Y'all should just give us the name of a drug and make us try to think about. Just see if we know what it is. God, we literally know. This is why we can't have kids because, I mean, like, legit, we know nothing. No, they'd be teaching me all about drugs and math. (laughs) For real. (laughs) Fucking common car be real hard if you didn't learn it that way. I told you, I learned what a plug was because of Tinder. Like a butt plug? 
girl, I knew what that was. Well, that's why I was like, no, it's a, it's a hookup, like a drug hookup, like looking for a plug. Like they fuck you for drugs? No, that they would buy you, buy you. Wow. They would buy drugs from drugs you? from you. Oh, I had seen that, like looking for a plug. And I was like, okay, I mean, whatever, you know, I got what I mean? my electrics. So I get ready. <laughs> <laughs> but then I started to notice that, oh, it's like, like on guys profiles, like 420 friendly. <laughs> yeah, well, that and like, they'd have like mushroom beside it, you know, or like pot or like not pot but like a flower kind yeah. of thing and i'm like oh yeah no i ain't got nothing for you did you ask somebody or are you assume no i'm assuming but then also uh some other people have said like oh you got a plug no i, I don't so it could be that they want to have sex they will have sex with you for your drugs i mean maybe but i'm thinking no hmm. <sighs> stick with us kids you'll know nothing <laughs> Okay, the next one. Hey, y'all. The fact I'm actually writing in now and actually getting the time to do it is a little wild to me. You can use my name, which is Kaylee W. from Southeast Missouri. I'm hearing you say this right now, and I'm LOLing in the car. I found you guys in July 2021 once I started my own business as a lash technician at 22 years old. Not to toot my own horn. And yes, Leo is in my big three. Since finding you, I've caught up on every single episode and forced all my clients to get addicted to you as well. They all end up loving you too, as just as much as I do, and always ask the name of the podcast by the time they're walking out the door. Um, thank you. Also, toot your own horn. That's toot, a big toot. deal. Hell yeah. Okay, here comes a sinister story I get chills thinking about. All my paranormal junkies, I'm sure you've heard of the Ohio State Reformatory. You may even be familiar with it due to Shawshank Redemption being filmed there. God, that's such a good movie. Well, I've had the opportunity not only to tour the facility, but sit in the attic and hang out with the spirits of the inmates that once lived there. Three months after my fiance and I had our first child, we decided it was time to take a much needed parents retreat and have a paranormal experience for the first time together. How normal of us. I mean, honestly, what the fuck was I thinking when I thought this is how I wanted to relax for the first time without a baby? Huge fucking jokes on me, let me tell you. And anyone who isn't aware of this place or the attic, please just do a little bit of research about what happened up there in the activity today. Okay, so we book a tour of the penitentiary, sort of knowing our chances of going in the attic are slim to none, but fuck it. We're down to drive nine hours to find out. This Saturday, we arrive and enter the penitentiary, said that very weird, but you know what I'm trying to say, that once housed 5,235 prisoners at its peak. We were the first to enter and began the tour so we could get ahead of everyone and try some paranormal hunting things we watched on YouTube because, you know, we're pros after watching ghost hunts the past three months. We started noticing a worker of the penitentiary. How do you say that word? Why is it so hard for me right now? Penitentiary? Oh, my God. <laughs> Why is this so hard? I've gone word blind. <laughs> <laughs> Penitentiary. Penitentiary? Yeah. Okay. Am I saying it right? No, you're saying it right. Okay. That was like penitentiary. No, that's not it. Yeah, I'm trying to add a... Airy. Yeah, I'm like zhuzhing it up a little bit. Okay, anyway. Walking by us quite often, and I don't know, 
okay, I'm not going to lie, we're both biracial and we were getting a little sus. But thankfully, he said something to us before we could actually make an assumption. You know what they say about assuming, not me, lol. So the worker comes up to us and asks if we're into the paranormal history of the reformatory and we let him know we've watched all the videos and have done all the research and we're super into the attic. I'm sorry, I'm just picturing this worker being like, you know, what we know of like drug dealers, you know, on the street peddling with a trench coat. Yeah, all the flower. <laughs> you want these fake Rolexes, whatever they're called, <laughs> Folexes? You want this? I got this. You want that? Like, do y'all like uh, paranormal experiences, eh? I got this over here if you want to go over here. All I can picture is a guy with like all these baked goods. <laughs> Hell, that would be our kind of drug dealer. You could definitely get me with like, I got really good chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> you want to get high or sugar high? <laughs> like this one over here will make you want to eat this one over here. I'm like, look, just give me, what's her name? Um, Martha Stewart? No, just give me that little um, game that the glitch was on in Wreck-It Ralph. Uh, <laughs> God, her or Willy Wonka. Just give me that and you could get me to do damn near anything. <laughs> I was thinking he would be like, you want that marshmallow square? Because you know they couldn't say... Uh, <laughs> yeah, they couldn't say Rice Krispie <laughs> yeah. Treat. Which I'm like, damn, you know me too well. <laughs> then this angel of a man asks us if we would want to go to the attic. Y'all, when I tell you I could have shit myself with excitement, first, it's very known that the spirits in the attic really like touching women when they come up there due to not ever being able to see women. So when we walk into the attic and it's pitch black, I mean, the only light is the light coming from the doorway we're entering from. And the length of this attic is probably the size of half a football field. So it is beyond dark. No windows, nothing. We continue walking towards the very back of the attic and this once angel of a worker shows his ass and says, hey spirits, I've brought you a woman to touch and mess with. Girl, where? Because I made sure to say immediately, you cannot touch me. Don't worry, they didn't listen, weirdo spirits. Anyway, so we take a seat in those folding chairs that are metal or whatever and there are four in a row. My fiance and I are on the right side beside each other, and the worker is standing towards the right of me to give you an idea. So us as professional first-time ghost hunters say, if anyone is here with us, give us a sign. Y'all, tell me why we heard pebbles falling behind us. If someone is really here, do it again. Pebbles start being thrown. I would have thought it was the worker, but he was wearing a windbreaker. So it would have been damn near impossible not to hear him moving, which we did. So I start staring at the doorway because I start getting a little nervous, not going to lie. I mean, you go to these places for these experiences, but still get scared when they're happening. I don't understand. So once I start focusing on the doorway, why the fuck do I see an outline of shoulders right by my fiance's face? Right when I ask myself if I'm seeing what I'm seeing... He says, I hear someone breathing in my ear. Why did my heart immediately hit my ass, y'all? So I'm still playing it cool and just sitting there looking at the light in the doorway a little longer and start noticing someone peeking around the corner of the doorway. I see them peek around the corner a good three times and right when it clicks what I'm seeing, I feel someone poke the top of my upper thigh. I jump faster than Donna would at the sight of an R word and let them know it was time to go. I mean, that spirit literally could have not been such a freak with my fiance right there. I mean, that's bold. 
So we get out of there, have a few moments when we had difficulties breathing and thought we saw things. But other than that, that was probably the peak of the year for me. I mean, of course, besides the birth of my son. I almost said, well, I hope this isn't too long. But then I realized I don't care because this story is just so nuts to me being my first experience. Can't wait to hear you guys tell this story and can't wait to see if anyone else has gone there in the Facebook group. Creep it real and finish it off, y'all. Love, Kaylee from Missouri. Bold of you to assume I can move fast at all. Um, bold of that motherfucking worker saying, here's a woman have... That is fucked up beyond fucked up. That is more fucked up than that ghost touching your leg. Right. That is not okay. No. What else can I hype you up on? Oh, she's just my parrot over there. (laughs) But seriously, see, I was right to assume that he was a shady person. Because right when they got up there in a vulnerable situation, he was like, here you go. Mm-mm. Don't like that. Y'all are way more brave than me, though. Yeah, I, like, want to go to stuff like that, but I don't know if I got the guts. Yeah. Mostly because of the R words. If I can't see them. That's so true. <sighs> but also, it's like, I don't want to go and just not be able to see anything. Yeah. And, you know, the air conditioner is not on. Oh, I'm just, God. I'm not about that life. Yeah. They'd be like, ma'am, you cannot have that fan. I'd be like, can I just go to the house in between? Because you know that they got that air going. Yes. (laughs) All right, y'all. It's the last one. It's called A Ghost Party, A Crime, A Haunting, and A Wee Little Angel. Hello, beloved ladies. I'm a new listener and have been binge listening to your podcast from episode one the last couple of weeks, leaving all my other podcasts waiting on the sidelines. I really should be giving it a break because now I'm super paranoid to be in my house alone after dark. But will I give it a break? Hell to the no. I have a couple of stories to share with you. Two are super short and one is a little lengthy. Feel free to use any of them, but do try to keep it anonymous so I can protect my sweet aunt's memory. A ghost party. When I was about five or six, I had the glorious experience of having my own bedroom as my brother never had to share a room and my sister was still a baby and her crib was in my parents' bedroom. I remember loving this bedroom because it had a small private balcony attached to it and was on the second floor. I also had a giant kiss poster on the wall that to this day, I have no fucking idea why. Anyway, I remember this one night I was trying to fall asleep when I saw someone come in and go to the balcony. Then another person came in and another until about a dozen people walked through my room to the balcony, many of them carrying a beverage of some sort. This was the middle of the night and my family was sleeping. I remember that these, quote, party ghosts were transparent. I remember pulling the blanket over my head and just watching them go to the balcony. Thankfully, none of them paid me any attention. The next one, a crime and a haunting. One of my favorite aunts believed that she was being haunted by her father. Not that much longer after the ghost party event, she married my uncle and I can remember that after the wedding, we all made a detour to the cemetery before heading to the reception. And I can recall how beautifully heartbreaking the image of her quietly kneeling at the grave in her wedding gown was. My parents shushed me when I asked what was happening and they didn't talk about it again. It was years later when my aunt told me what had happened. 
Her father was not a kind man, and not long before she got married to my uncle, her father killed her mother and then completed suicide with a shotgun. She wanted her mother to see her on her wedding day, which is why we all made the stop to the cemetery on her wedding day. Not long after that, she had a strong feeling that her father was haunting her. He didn't approve of her relationship. Racist, maybe? Things would get knocked off tables when she'd go down to the basement to do laundry. Plants that she had hanging in macrame, hello 70s, would violently swing back and forth. And she'd often feel someone staring her down while she tried to sleep. Once her first baby was born, she had had enough and was folding laundry when one of the baby socks kept going missing. This was a regular occurrence. She ended up screaming, that's enough. I'm tired of this and you need to leave, but put the sock back now. And suddenly the sock came flying across the floor to her and she didn't experience any of the hauntings again. I wish I could ask her for more details, but she's since passed. God rest her beautiful soul. And the next one is a wee little angel. When my oldest daughter was three years old, I had suffered a stillbirth. I quietly mourned my baby girl because no one in my family wanted to talk about it. We all believed it was a result of an incredibly abusive relationship I had fled from where he tried to kill me and I was in hiding. When I picked up the ashes of my baby girl, I remember being at my parents' house and my three-year-old was on the rocking horse in the living room and she suddenly stretched her little arms up to the corner of the ceiling and says, come, come here, baby. And then she kept rocking on her horse and singing a little tune. I like to think that her baby sister came to say hello to her. Sorry this is so lengthy, but I wanted to share those stories with you because Lord knows I can't share them with my husband. His scary ass doesn't want to hear about anything supernatural. I thoroughly enjoy your podcast and wish you great success for always. Love and peace. P.S. I live in the South but grew up in Cleveland and can remember walking past the Franklin Castle. Well, let's be honest, I ran many times. And although I never saw anything, I always felt anxious when I had to go by it. I love that little tidbit since I covered Franklin Castle, so thank you. Also, I'm so sorry for your loss and for what you've had to go through. Especially feeling alone like you had no one to talk about it. Yeah, gosh. And what you're... Anne had to go through and everything. That's, gosh. Good for her, though, standing up and being like, um, you're not welcome here. Get the fuck out. Yeah. Also, it just reminded me of something that Carrie would remember. Like, her now, but her back in the day. Like, if y'all stopped and, like, stopped at the cemetery, you would remember your aunt bending down by the, Mm -hmm. you know, thing. And it would be, like, this just memory that is locked in and like ethereal almost good word also macrame is back in okay (laughs) just because you have it in your house (laughs) i'm just kidding i don't actually know what that is you don't know what it is like not off the top of my head okay think about like well it's everything the wall hangings that have like the rope Okay, okay okay yeah okay yeah and then what she's talking about is the planters hanging in. It's like, yeah, 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 looks yeah. like crocheted. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, that is actually in. Thank you. But done right. Because otherwise, hello, 70s. Thank y'all so much for sending all of these very personal and touching stories. We love them. And, you know, it really does help 
everyone else to hear your stories because like some of y'all even said this episode it helps you feel not quite alone because you realize wait there's actually people out there who have experienced things just like me so keep them coming you can send them into aparanormalchicks at gmail.com or you can go to the website aparanormalchicks.com do the contact us you know peruse around merch store link to patreon all the things check it all out and remember creep it real and and don't don't get scared. scared